Okay, think, Bart. Where have you seen Roman numerals before? I know. Rocky V. That was the fifth one. So, Rocky five plus Rocky two equals Rocky seven. Adrian's revenge! Lights, camera, action. Welcome back to another episode of Happy Hour Films. As you all know, I am Ross Bacon. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike McGuigan. Mike, say hi. How's everyone doing? And as you should know by now, we are a podcast that cracks open a beer and we talk about some movies. Now, we are finishing up our Sports July with the biggest sports franchise of them all, the Rocky franchise. So we're going to be talking about all of them. We're going to be talking about Rocky through Rocky Balboa. We are probably going to pepper in a little Creed and uh, Creed too, even though I haven't seen them all the way. But we're going to mention them a little bit because I feel like we kind of have. Yeah. And... It's incredible. We're like, we market ourselves as a New Jersey podcast, but we're about as close to Philly as you can get. So it's incredible that it took us this long to do Rocky. Right. Yeah. We just, we just never had the theme for him. Yeah. And, uh, doing Sylvester Stallone himself. That's, that's a dangerous proposition. You <laughs> <laughs> either get Rocky Rambo or his greatest cinematic masterpiece, Demolition Man. <laughs> but other than that, he's almost unwatchable every time he's on screen. But um, anyway, before we get into that, we got to talk about what we're drinking. Now, Mike, you have, you're a bit of a mad scientist tonight. So <laughs> I'm a mad man today. Drinking? So this is our, it's not really an in-between week, but you know, normally on in-between weeks, we'll revisit beer, clear out our fridges a bit. I decided to take a new take on that. So I happened to go to Dave and Buster's today and was very successful in my ticket acquisitions. <laughs> <laughs> and I got a giant Dave and Buster's chalice. For reference, I have two 16-ounce beers in it with room to spare. <laughs> yeah, even though no one can say it, this thing is gigantic. It looks like a fishbowl. <laughs> and I decided to make a snake bite out of the last two drinks I had, being Sir Charles Hard Cider and New Jersey Beer Co. Parkway Pilsner. There I didn't have an official logger to make a snake bite, but Pilsner is just a light logger. <laughs> good enough. It's good so enough. I enjoyed these both individually. Let's see how I enjoy them together. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> huge. <laughs> it looks literally looks like Mike is drinking a fish. <laughs> <laughs> and it is it is really delicious. Like I think I like this mix better than the sum of its parts. Yeah, there you go. Um, and I enjoyed the Parkway Pilsner and I enjoyed the Sir Charles uh, Peach Cider. But yeah. the mix together, that that works. It works nice. for me. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's a nice like light yellow color. And like I said, it looks like you, uh, you're about to swallow a goldfish every time you take a drink. <laughs> and since the Parkway Pilsner is 5% alcohol and the cider is 6.7%, We'll go call, we'll call this about a 5.8, 5.9% mixture. Yeah, it's roughly, it's something like that. It's probably about six point eight. All right. So Mike's got his fishbowl full of alcohol. And uh, meanwhile, I went with the only beer you can go with if you're drinking, or if you're talking about Rocky. I went with Brawler by Yards <laughs> Brewing Company in filthy Delphia, PA. Now, I feel like I talked, I can't remember which one I did for Will Smith, but I know that was a uh, Philly beer. I don't think it was Yards. It might have been. I don't I think You did Yards before. I don't think it was the Brawler beer, though. I don't think it was the Brawler ale, though. But yeah. um, either way, this is like a dark, it says Champion Ale. And uh, <laughs> it's it's dark beer, and 
got a little old timey boxer man boxing the devil on the on the label, and uh, it's good. It's just a good four point two percent ale, just to sit and drink dark beer. It's it's delicious, and drinking it out of my drunken teacher's lounge mug as per usual. No, because of the success with the mixture, this may be my new in between week mix uh, ritual. There you I'm go. gonna have to I'm gonna have to start getting some more ciders and some more stouts so I can keep coming with the uh, the snake bites and some black and tans. There you go. Nice. All right. So now we all know what we're drinking. Why don't we get into the man of the hour or a couple hours? Who knows how long it'll take us to get through this? We're not we're not gonna go through everyone specifically. We're gonna touch on but all of them at least but we're definitely going to spend the most amount of time probably on the first one rocky from 1976 directed by our good friend john g abelton who we talked about last week because he's the karate kid director and uh he also directed rocky five and other than that the rest is all stallone and him and him alone doing everything but uh why don't we start talking about the best picture winning rocky from 1976 wow never thought i'd fucking say that <laughs> well so i think before like the story behind sylvester stallone actually getting the funding for rocky and everything like he wrote it when he what he was homeless he had to sell his dog he who he bought who he proceeded to buy back after rocky was a huge success well that dog in the first movie is his dog yeah <laughs> so I don't know if he like rented him from that uh, shelter that he's in or what, but uh, no, I think he bought him back once he got paid for the screenplay. That works, yeah, because uh, that dog is one big, uh, one big uh, mastiff or bulldog. Yeah, it's a mastiff. He's kind of a mastiff. Uh, I had his name somewhere, but it's uh, it's it's all I know is that Punchy is the little rat dog that they have in uh, yeah. Rocky Balboa. I can't remember. Um, I can't remember what the damn name dog's name is in this, though. Oh, well, like Bob Uecker says, Major League. Butkus? <laughs> what Butkus? Is Butkus, that's right. Butkus, that's right. But, um, yeah, so as I, as I said, this is the best picture. My dogs are freaking out. <laughs> it's appropriately, as we're talking about dogs. It's yeah. the best director move. It won best director. It won best editing. And this movie had a $960,000 budget and made $225 million. And yeah, the Rocky you franchise- You literally made, cannot find a more impactful sports movie than Rocky. No. no. And it's it's responsible for some great sequels. And I say great regarding Rocky Four and big quotation marks, <laughs> but- it's also responsible for some of the worst movies ever made, which is two and five. <laughs> and then but, Rocky Balboa is an okay movie, drags at some places, but has some great moments. <laughs> I would say it drags in the first hour and a half of that movie, and it's only an hour and 44 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we will get to uh, Rocco Balboa. But um, anyway, so yeah, but this movie, it's, it's two hours hours and six minutes long that is too long for a rocky movie i'll say that right out of the gate it's too long for a rocky movie (laughs) (laughs) it really is the rest are only like between an hour and 30 hour and 45 which is the sweet spot even and they have to stretch it for some of them yeah and even though in like and again we'll talk about the greatest movie ever made rocky four coming up but there is a lot of padding in that movie and it's become a cliche unto itself but rocky 
four, count them, four montages in Rocky Four. <laughs> also, like, in a row. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I think a- the, the second and third montage only are separated by about three minutes. Not now, even that, I would say. Does that make it one... Does that make it a montage and a sequel to the montage? Or does that make it two separate montages or one long montage with a little break in the middle? That's what I would go. It's it's a long montage with an intermission. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but then there's like Rocky 2, which is complete and utter garbage until the end fight. Now, Rocky which, writes fucking poetry in that movie, which is something Rocky should never do. <laughs> the... One thing I will say about Rocky 2 is I think the end fight might be the best fight in the six movies. You gotta go through a lot of garbage. That's the craziest goddamn thing I've ever heard because we just talked about Rocky 4. <laughs> All right. Rocky 4, I enjoy sarcastically that fight. Every, everyone does. Everyone enjoys it sarcastically. There's no person but, alive, I think, that enjoys it for what it if, is. If I am talking about, like, serious, like, okay, fight choreography, stuff like that, I think Rocky 2 has the most well-done fight. It's because it's like an actual fight. Yeah. You know, whereas in at the end of this, and this movie... Because we got to give this movie the credit that it deserves. And it's it was obviously on purpose, obviously, that this one was done the way it is. And Rocky Balboa was supposed to be a bookend to it. Mm-hmm. So in this and the last one in six, Rocky loses the fight. Yeah. And for Rocky to lose this fight against Apollo Creed is kind of insane when you think about sports movies. Because our hero never loses the big game or the big fight. You know, and they always so- win. That's the whole point of the movie. It's he's not doing it to win. He's doing it to go like he he accomplishes what he goes the distance with the best fighter in America at that time, heavyweight champion. Yeah, it's it's all the effort and it's all uh, proving himself and all that. And that's where this movie is great because it very much tells the story of this brain dead man who just knows how to punch things and get punched mostly get punched and he determined he's determined to not be a joke in this joke of a fight that apollo has set up essentially and he makes it into an actual boxing match which is just great and it's you know the under it's the true underdog story fuck rudy it's absolutely rocky that is the underdog story now we gotta bring up so the fact that philadelphia's greatest sports hero Maybe not anymore, because I, I feel like people are going to say Big Dick Nick. <laughs> well, of course they are, because he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. But Rocky is Philadelphia's greatest sports hero, and he doesn't actually exist. It's so damn weird. You know? <laughs> and especially seeing, like, in the later movies where, like, he goes back to the neighborhood and everyone fucking worships this guy. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ, man, has nothing else happened in this fucking city? You know, like what is going on? Like, and then the biggest abomination in this entire franchise for me is that there is not one single Philadelphia accent in the entire fucking franchise. Yeah. And that there is, are none. That is pathetic on a level I can't even fathom. <laughs> you know, mayor of East Town's like like uh voice coach should have been part of this like this uh, production and they should have had at least one or two people speaking with that Delaware Valley accent 
in Rocky Balboa, we do get that Philadelphia trash bag that's like going after Rocky in the bar. And she's like, come on, buy us a drink, you know, buy us a, come on, buy us a drink. Oh, you ain't nothing. You ain't better than me. Like that is a Philadelphia trash bag right there. And she is the only one in the entire franchise. <laughs> like they picked her up off yeah. the street of Kensington, pulled the needle out of her arm and were like, act. <laughs> <laughs> and now this movie, I think you get, so... I, I mean, Sylvester Stallone is great in it, but I think Carl Weathers and uh, I was right, Burg- is it Burgess? Burgess, Burgess? Meredith? Yeah, AKA Burgess Meredith. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> and they are the two, they are like the best actors in this movie. Burgess Meredith is by far the best actor in the franchise. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's crazy how, now I will say, uh, Mickey, he play, obviously plays Mick. He plays Mickey, Mick, whatever. He is a horrible human being. Yeah. <laughs> just shitty as a person. Like, he's he's perfect to be a boxing trainer because, and God damn it, every time Mike takes this <laughs> giant two-handed drink after he's, this fucking cauldron he's drinking out of. <laughs> it's hilarious. But anyway, so Mickey is just a piece of shit as a human being he's a good trainer for what rocky needs but i maintain that duke apollo's trainer who doesn't even get a name until the third one is an act he's the better trainer yeah i would agree with like i think mickey's the better trainer for rocky but if you take a general boxer and put him with either of them it's easily duke i don't know though because rocky is an established fighter and champion when duke takes over and he He gets him to win too, you know, and especially gets old man Rocky to go the distance as well, you know. Mm-hmm. But of course, he goes, uh, he goes the def- the distance with um, by uh, by kind of remembering things that didn't quite happen, just like in five. Like, there's a lot yeah. of shit that we don't ever see that Mickey does that suddenly becomes a thing because I guess they owed money to Burgess Meredith, so they were like, come on back and just act a little bit as Mickey. <laughs> But like the thing with the cufflink and all that. <laughs> but oh, and we forgot to mention. So when me and Ross were rewatching Rocky, Ross watched them in the order that they were meant to be watched. That's right. I decided yeah, I to watch them, them in reverse order. I don't know why. I don't know why I decided to do this, but I thought it might be fun. <laughs> the best part is though, and I texted this to Mike. Regardless of the order you watch, front to back or back to front. It's the same story for Rocky. Rocky's story does not change. <laughs> he, he starts as a fighter who loses, gets his ass kicked. He trains, or he goes into retirement. He trains, goes into retirement, unretires, and it's the same thing. Back Rocky is a palindrome of a he series. <laughs> he absolutely. Is. It's the same story arc the entire time through all six <laughs> movies, regardless of which order you watch them in front of like one to six or six to one. Even even if you bounce around and shuffle him a little bit, it's still the same story because in every movie he does the same thing. He <laughs> retires or he starts off retired, unretires, trains, <laughs> retires, whatever. That's so the only two movies that truly have different tones from the rest are three and four. Absolutely. They're, Absolutely. So despite the quality of two and five being very low, they do capture the tone of the first one and six was like directly meant to capture the tone of the first one. Oh, there's this six is just old man 
Rocky 1976. That's all yeah. it is. It's just Rocky now has he's more established in his in the world. He's and, got his own restaurant oh, somehow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he got his own restaurant because he's a retired athlete. So of course, that's right. Yeah, and he doesn't do sports commentating, so he's got to have a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> but and I mean it's there's but then the thing with this is and it, we, we talked about the acting, the performances. Of course, in this movie, we get all of the principal characters that we're gonna have the rest of the franchise. We get Obviously, we get Rocky, we get Mick, we get Apollo. And then we get Burt Young as Pauly, the biggest piece of shit scumbag That's, ever to grace the screen. <laughs> that is my one thing with Rocky Four. That like were people did people want more Pauly? Like what why did Pauly, the you know, the guy that beats his sister, become the comic relief and also the guy that fucks robots he definitely fucks that robot absolutely he is absolutely fucking that robot there's no way he doesn't fuck that robot that thing is covered in poly jizz <laughs> listen Polly should have died in a heart attack by like the second movie he should have died in the first movie you know just that drunken in that meat packing plant like in the meat locker and all that he should have died at some point just by sheer accident in there of being a perpetual drunk but then, well, of course, we get Talia Shire as Adrian. Now, I don't know if it was written the way it was written, the way she plays Adrian, because obviously there's an arc in, the, in this movie, the first one, with Adrian kind of being a very shy, very mousy woman. Rocky is, like, in love with her and is just never gives up trying to go on a date with her. Well, then he finally does, and you're supposed to mean that they fall in love. Mike's back with his cauldron. <laughs> now, every time I take a sip of the cauldron, I'm every, just looking at Ross, smiling and pulling the cauldron. Weird, like, it's this weird, like, power move. It's just, like, this eye contact, and then he drinks from this gigantic, like, barrel. <laughs> but, so then Adrian is, like, they go on this date, and you can tell she's very uncomfortable because that's the character. And then they slowly start to fall in love. Now, of course, that's the story in the first one. that He's the underdog. He gets the girl. They fall in love. They're perfect for each other. Whatever. It's never, there's never a time in the franchise, though, where it looks like Talia Shire is happy to be playing Adrian. Yeah. She is constantly, like, annoyed by almost everything. And I can't tell if it's because she's playing the character that way or if it's because Talia Shire legitimately did not like Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Then you get to, like, three and four, and, like, there's no, like, it's, like, the worst written female character ever. You can't win! <laughs> it's the and, like, she constantly flips on whether or not he should go fight or whether, like, like, in four, she totally turns on, like, okay, you should, she's, like, you gotta go fight him. Like, no motivation will change, because guess what? You were right, Adrian. He shouldn't have. <laughs> She's right every time. She's like, you should just retire. Stay fucking retired, goddammit. I don't want a brain-dead man more so than what I've already got. You know? Like, your head is filled with jelly beans anyway. Like, don't make them into jelly. But, and then, of course, in the second one, we find out that thanks to Apollo's beating, um, Rocky may go blind if he ever gets punched in the face again. What happens to the rest of the franchise? He gets punched in the face several hundred times and he does yeah. not go blind. <laughs> so maybe we just throw that out the window. Huh? How about that? Yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially like when he's fighting the Russian and just keep... Like, he's taking... How, how much PSI is there per punch? It was Ooh. like... Oh, I, 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 I looked that up. 
I wrote it down because there's a fun little uh, factoid I found on the internet about that. It's like 1800, isn't it? It's it starts off as like 1850, I think, yeah. which is like at least 800 more than the average, like the actual like strongest heavyweight punch mm. can possibly be. All right, so here we go. All right, so 1850 is what Ivan Drago throws the first time. Then by the end of the movie, he's up to 2150. Now, if you remember correctly, if you've seen the movie Hobbs and Shaw, there is Idris Elba's character, Black Superman. He can analyze what's happening that's about to happen in a fight. He analyzes The Rock's punch at 1235. 1235 PSI, which means if you put The Rock, aka Luke Hobbs, who's an, a superhero of an untouchable, like, in like, unlike killable machine you put him in the same ring as ivan drago ivan drago is basically punching at twice the strength of the rock <laughs> and now if you extend that to so you got to assume vin diesel's punching around if not a little bit harder than the rock in the fast and the furious franchise if not equal to because they have to be equal yeah. at all times so that means ivan drago is punching as hard as vin diesel and the rock combined <laughs> exactly yeah and of course you know he is because as we are seeing he's taken like shallon soccer says the good american steroids and i'm not laughing this time i'm not doing it <laughs> god damn it mike and his mike and that fucking punch bowl. But, um, that's just gonna be a new thing i'm just gonna bring on like some sort of prop that no one can see except right. ross <laughs> so now he has to explain his reactions the entire time <laughs> right it's gonna be like on being on the outside the worst inside joke ever <laughs> but then you know it, it rocky gets punched and that's the whole thing with rocky and it's his whole thing that apollo learns it's what ivan drago learns it's what beats mr t you cannot out punch rocky or well you can't beat rocky like literally beat him i mean because he will absorb any beating you give to him and as drago says he is like piece of iron you know so you literally cannot beat this man and knock you'll knock him down twice as everybody does in every big fight he always gets knocked down twice and then he comes jumps back up and he never gets knocked down again but wait can, what about how many so how does he done. end up i'm trying to think of the first clever lang fight the first clever lang fight he is just not ready for it yeah and gets his ass kicked yeah <laughs> but but then, man, does he go to the distance or does he get knocked out second round he gets knocked down in the yeah. second round yeah but um and that's the thing because he clever lang's strategy the next time is to try to beat him down again and obviously yeah. rocky is trained and he's prepared so now yeah. and of course it's the big fight so rocky can't lose he is just a punching bag at that point that will not go down. It's like Homer Simpson when he fights Dredderick Tatum in The Simpsons. <laughs> Homer's <laughs> whole gag is that you can't knock Homer down. <laughs> that's the, well, that's that's the <laughs> Or what's the uh, the Family Guy episode where uh, Brian bets on Mike Tyson to beat uh, was it Carol Weathers? <laughs> it's 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 a uh, uh, it's a uh, Carol it's it's um carol channing <laughs> Carol Channing. you're going down you're going down I, young man is that all you got young man <laughs> yeah. mike tyson just beats the fuck out he keeps getting back up and then he passes out from exhaustion <laughs> yeah. and that's that's kind of this whole that's that's the whole thing with rocky it's like the 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 beats of the movies are all the same the especially in the second through six through through six 
because the first one is almost unique in its pattern. It's, it's, it's a movie that's an underdog. He's training. He's trying to, you know, keep his rep. He's trying to not be homeless on the streets because he lives in squalor, essentially in the middle of, of South Philly. But when he actually gets into the big fights, the same beats happen. You see the first two rounds, he gets knocked down twice and then jumps back up. But then they montage the rest of the fights because back yeah. in the 80, in the 70s and 80s and even 1990, you went 15 rounds. I think you only go 10 now, but 15 rounds. That's such a long fight. So you have to montage through it. But it's the same pattern every time. And once you hear gonna fly now, you know shit's about to go off because A, that's a great fucking motivational song. Like if you need to get yeah. pumped up to do something, you just play that song and it's fucking great. And then and we gotta the- we gotta bring up running up the uh running up the art museum steps and the most famous thing you can do if you're not from Philly and you come to Philly. That's the first thing you're gonna do. You're gonna get your cheesesteak from Patrogino's, you're gonna be disappointed because they both suck. And yeah, then you're go gonna- to gyms on South Street. Go to gyms, go to literally anywhere else. You know, Delisandro's is an amazing cheesesteak. Like, go, go to Donkeys in Camden. Just get a better cheesesteak than fucking Pats or Geno's. And then you're going to run up the uh, the art museum steps and you're going to jump and jump at the top like you're fucking Rocky when everyone else is going to be looking at you like, wow, it's been how fucking long and people are still doing this shit? Come on. <laughs> you know? The only time it's acceptable is if you're in like, third grade you recently saw rocky for the first time and your dad takes you to the art museum steps that's when you're allowed to do it yeah and you have to be from (laughs) south philly you know in that case like you have to be wearing like they are in the montage at the end of six over the credits you have to be wearing your brian westbrook jerseys as you (laughs) run up and down the steps and you pretend to fight at the top i was like i'm counting the westbrook jerseys i'm like one two Wait, there's like 10 Westbrook jerseys here. Was there no one else on the Eagles in 2006? <laughs> like, I guess we didn't give a shit about Donovan McNabb. <laughs> I know, it's Brian, Brian Dawkins and Brian Westbrook. They yeah. were. That's really all you need to be Dawkins and Westbrook, yeah. But, in, I mean, in this first movie, there's, and then, of course, there's the sports movie cliche origin, which is the unconventional training methods. Mm-hmm. And Rocky, of course, the biggest one in this is him punching the meat. You know, that's what about chasing the chicken, chasing the chicken. But yeah, that's not a euphemism for Rocky jerking off. It's literally <laughs> him chasing a chicken. And, well, the euphemism is choking the chicken. Right. Which he does after he catches the chicken. That's both holding the chicken and jerking off. It's the thing Rocky does. It's weird. But then there's the, you know, he's punching meat. He's running up the art museum steps. He's, you know, just, he's sprinting down Broad Street for no reason with like, is this the one, this is the one with a bunch of like kids running after him, is it? Or is that two? I think that's two. That's two. Yeah, that's the one. I think two, the run in two is the famous run that would be like 48 miles long if you actually did the order of things that he ran through. Yeah, he's running across the entire city of Philadelphia. Yeah. And it's not like like he's going close to far to close to far to. Right, exactly. It's really weird. But of course, that's editing. So, you know, but and then, of course, you know, there's <laughs> there's just the simple fact of you want to talk about. Well, let's talk about Stallone's actual performance in this movie. Yeah. Now, it's Rocky somehow gets worse 
as we go, which if you're getting punched in the head all the time is naturally going to happen until six when he's just Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> you know, yeah. He doesn't even act like Rocky in that movie. He just yeah. is just Sylvester Stallone. And, but in this, it seems like, and now these are all written by Stallone. Mm-hmm. I am willing to bet, and I could put good money on the table about it, that nothing Rocky wrote, writes, or Rocky says when he's doing his little speeches is ever written down. Yeah. Because it's all stream of consciousness, not like nonsense. <laughs> Especially when we do one of the more, the better things in five, one of the best parts of five, if there are any good ones. It's the Rantlers speech. Yeah. <laughs> Rantlers! <laughs> you know, it's that whole thing. There's no way any of that was put on, on paper. It just had to be Stallone trying to come up with something to fill time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rocky won, so it's a classic. It's legendary. You got good performances, a good story, and plot subversion that you just don't see in sports movies that much, like the hero losing. Right. Then you get to Rocky Two. Yeah. Which basically just tries to redo Rocky One, but takes the soul out of it and has Rocky win at the end. You know, the two mo- the two biggest things that make Rocky One great is the soul and the ending. Yeah. And of course, now, right before we move on officially to Rocky Two, we have to note that Buttkiss the Dog or Buttkiss Stallone is credited as Dog. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Butkus Stallone credited as dog. Like we wouldn't know who he fucking was. Yeah. <laughs> Butkus Stallone as Mickey stunt double. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, of course he's the goddamn dog, you moron. <laughs> Butkus Stallone as Spider Rico. <laughs> Picturing like a 30-year-old dog sitting in that restaurant and just eating a meal every night. And then he forces it, then he goes downstairs and washes dishes. <laughs> like a dog working in the kitchen. <laughs> and he's just like basically looking at Rocky, like, kill me. Just fucking kill me. <laughs> but yeah, Rock, uh, should we do a I mean I don't know where we should break this up for beer check-ins because we're kind of just going to be jumping from movie to movie. And we can just talk about it. How's your, um, yeah, how's your punch bowl, Mike? <laughs> it is fantastic. I This is one of my favorite drinks I've had on the podcast, if I'm being honest. And it's so funny to watch you drink it, too, because it's it's like it's like um when they show, like, little kids. <laughs> drinking out of like big coffee mugs in movies or whatever it's like they just had their whole head inside the mug it's like that's what it looks like with mike every time he lifts it up it looks like fucking mephesto it's my pimp cup it is a couple pimps cup <laughs> that thing is gigantic but, but yeah, yeah no they mind. actually the mixture vibes perfectly it's great good yeah but uh, all right, so yeah, and my yards brawler champion ale is great. It's, it's like I said, it's a good sip and sit and drink and beer, even though it's a dark beer, which usually isn't like outside of you know the United Kingdom. That's not usually our first choice of uh, type of beer to just sit and drink. We don't Americans don't really vibe with dark beers that much, you yeah. know, unless we're sitting in the dead of winter, even and not like the first of August like we are right now. Mm-hmm. But all right, so anyway, around the Rocky 2, 1979 again. Now, the this is the beginning of the directed and written by Stallone uh run, which is what closes out, except for five, it's what closes out the franchise. 
Now, of course, we all know that Rocky also did Staying Alive, Rambo 2008, and The Expendables. That's what Stallone directed. Now, for as far as the Rocky movies, he also wrote the screenplay for Creed 2, which is essentially just Rocky 4, but later, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> it's, it's Adonis Creed versus Victor Drago. And apparently Ivan Drago lost everything after that fight in Rocky four, he even lost his wife who Brigitte Nielsen apparently shows up again. But I, I went on YouTube and just like watched like some of like the longer clips of that movie they had, but all of it involving Drago. And I was like, Oh, okay. So this is just old Rocky four. I don't give a shit about this. <laughs> you know, I don't need to watch this. Now that's so Creed one, I would make an argument is the, second best not all right so rocky four is great ironically creed one is genuinely pretty great yeah because it's got like a great from what i understand it's got a great story because it's adonis wanting to be a fighter he seeks out rocky rocky's his trainer and then he wins the fight right and he's trying to make his own name like yeah you know, because that was a fight that kind of thing so yeah it's it's an underdog story trying to make his own name it's rocky one but with a black guy and you know? ryan or michael b jordan is awesome and ryan coogler and him work amazing together yeah absolutely and unlike ryan coogler's other movies that one's only like an hour and 50 minutes or something right uh, yeah. I, like all yeah, of Kugler's other movies are like two and a half hours. <laughs> you know, they're the, um, what's his name? Um, uh, the, uh, with Denzel, the, um, the one where he's like John Wick, like black John Wick. Uh, oh, fuck. Uh, it starts with an E. Oh, no, this one was two hours and 13 minutes. Creed? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, well, well, never mind. I take it all back. But, um, Whatever the fucking Denzel Hitman movie is, like Assassin in Hiding movie, um, the ex something or other, Denzel Washington. I don't fucking know. But um, oh, oh, are you thinking of uh, fuck? Like I said, it, it starts with a fucking E, and I can't goddamn. It's not the Executioner. It's the Equalizer. That's what it is. Yeah. Was he even? In, I don't think he was involved in that. Was he? Kugler directed the first and second one, I think, right? No. Who the fuck am I talking about? Uh, and oh, Anton, Anton Fuqua. That's something. My apologies to Mr. Kugler. But um, yeah, so Anton Fuqua makes ridiculously long movies that don't need to be that long. My apologies, Ryan Kugler, if you ever hear this. Let's be buddies. Yeah, if you ever hear this, come on the podcast sometime. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about whatever the fuck you want to talk about, bro. <laughs> but so with Rocky two, this, this movie is so bad. It is almost, I was texting Mike during, I was like, I don't know if I can watch this movie. It is fucking unwatchable. You know, it, because like I said, the first <laughs> Mike's drinking this shit like a robot now too. It's like he turns, grabs it, sits back robotically, drinks it, puts it down and then ships back and puts it down. Again. I don't know what would be better me doing the sip or if I just had like, a crazy straw and i just pulled it over and was, I was just like that too it's like you should just have a long crazy straw like going <laughs> on <off> screen <laughs> what the hell is he doing over there now imagine if i had this for the mighty ducks episode and i was wearing my <laughs> i was wearing my emilio estevez tank top <laughs> it would look like emilio was drinking which would have been great but <laughs> okay so in rocky 2 it is six minutes 
of previously on Rocky, and it's the end of Rocky One. They do that in every one of them, and it's it, but except in six, yeah, it's a fight that we've never seen. It's it's mm-hmm. it's Tarver. It's a, well, it's um uh, Mason the Line Dixon's like last fight. It's just this random guy, but it starts off the same way as all the others do, like previously on Rocky. But this one's the worst because this one basically just shows you the end of Rocky one and then starts Rocky two. And that should be just a sign right there that you do not have confidence in the movie that you're about to show us that you need to give us the end of the better movie. And this whole thing just doesn't even seem like it was actually written. You know, it's literally like they took, they, they're like, okay, we're going to copy and paste Rocky. We're going to take out the uh, the trying to date Adrian storyline and replace that with already together. Now they're married. Now they're married. <laughs> we're going to give some poetry. <laughs> right. And we're going to end Jesus. it with Rocky winning and just somehow suck the entire soul out of the first movie. Exactly. And, then and I don't do... mean giving a great blowjob by that. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. And it's not choking and checking again. But there is... There, then this is the one where we get the montage of like brain dead Rocky trying to be an advertising spokesman and it's painful to watch. I, I feel that director's pain where he's like, you're an idiot. You can't do this shit. Like you can't speak, you know, why would anyone ever think this is a good idea to put you on camera and try to pitch products? But he's very much a print magazine kind of ad guy. But with this movie, we, we then have to sit through like an hour and a half of nothing of retired Rocky. And it is unwatchable, unwatchable. And I simply, I was sitting here like watching the other day, my wife's working. I'm like screaming in the other room. Like, will somebody please start this goddamn movie? (laughs) I am sick of this shit. And then of course, once, you know, gonna fly now starts like, Oh, finally the movie's about to begin. (laughs) How much time do we have left? 15 minutes. Oh, great. (laughs) And that now that is the thing. So the first 90% of this movie is borderline unwatchable, unwatchable. I wouldn't say borderline. It is unwatchable. And then the last 10% is some of the best fighting in the series. It is. It is. And of course, like I I have in my notes, an hour and 26 minutes go by before we get to the training scene. And that is unacceptable in a Rocky franchise. Unacceptable. But but that's how the pattern is. The training scene is good enough in this movie, I'd say. Like, I, I, I think the training scene is pretty good for a rock, even for a Rocky movie. One of the, but it's still a training montage. Like I don't care that much. No. And it's, and it, unfortunately with this move, with this franchise in Rocky two, the montage is still kind of a new thing. Yeah. But by the time we hit four and it's nothing but montages and I, it's like, wow, I see Stallone found what he created. He's trying to get that creative license for, you know, creating the montage in movies, you know, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't have like that's the thing. So I think Rocky Five is a worse movie than Rocky Two, but it's less boring. Rocky Two is so damn boring. Rocky Two, and I just saw it in my notes again. Rocky Two has an extended period, extended period, where Rocky is rejected from office jobs 
because he thinks that's what it, you need to do to be successful to have an office job. How has no one ever told Rocky that he's probably borderline illiterate and there is no way that that man could ever work in an office simply for the fact that I don't think he's ever been educated ever. <laughs> that, and the entire plot line with Adrian being sick is just, my God, can we get, can we get on with this? <laughs> well, isn't she, is this the one she's pregnant in? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at least she's she at least in this one she's pregnant, you know, and it's yeah. it's like okay, that's that makes sense, but yeah, they dragged this shit out so goddamn long, so long, and then of course the whole time, you know, Apollo is supposed to be after this supposed to be a sympathetic figure. He's Rocky's best friend. He couldn't be a worse human being in this movie. Mm-hmm. He's literally dragging Rocky out of retirement just so his ego feels better, and. Mm-hmm. It's, it's absurd. And everyone in his team is like, Apollo, fucking forget about Rocky. You yeah. know, let's just move the hell on. And it's, it's a Duke that's like, he's a bad matchup for you. And, and again, Duke, better manager and trainer because he knows what's best for his fighter. You know, he's like, there's no way we should be fighting Rocky. He's done. It's over. Let's move the hell on, man. It was a publicity stunt. Get over it. Speaking of gimmick fights. We'll get to why those are a bad idea in the Rocky franchise in another movie in uh, two movies from now. You mean? Oh, I thought you were talking about the whole Kogan fight. Again, that will come up as well. (laughs) That'll come up (laughs) in the next one. Like, but and the thing with this movie, and it shows up so it's so obvious because it takes up the majority of the movie in this one. Sylvester Stallone obviously fancies or a figures uh rocky as some sort of blue collar folk hero mm-hmm. and everyone knows it that's what he is he is a blue collar folk hero he's like paul bunyan who gets punched in the face a lot and the only thing that you can't do with a character like that is have him look for a fucking office job and everything about rocky not fighting is some of the most boring shit ever put on screen And Rocky, as he says thousands of times in this franchise, all I know is boxing. All I know is fighting. Well, then guess what, Rock? Fucking fight, you know? Be a fighter. Be a trainer. Just work out in the gym like he does and just fucking be around boxing. (laughs) Got news for you, Rock. If you're successful in the world of fighting, you're likely going to make more than at an office job. Exactly. Like, look at Floyd Mayweather. The dude's worth how many millions of dollars and only he gets to pick and choose his fights too. He beats up on randos and gimmick fights and he still makes hundreds of millions of dollars. That guy, he can't read. Right. He can't fucking read. You could have him make poetry. That would be just as bad as Rocky's, you know? it's it's insane how no one in rocky's life has ever been like rock i got news for you man you're an idiot (laughs) just stone cold dumb so here's what you need to do stick with what you know buddy stick with what you know and that's shaking down loans like people for a loan shark and then getting punched in the face and speaking of the loan shark that he does work for i think it's grasso is his name if you ever watch the movie maniac he is the titular maniac in that movie, and you'll never look at him the same way, same way ever again. <laughs> oh, and also the nicest loan shark I've ever met <laughs> because he's just all about Rocky, just having a better life. You know, you want a couple bucks? Here you go, Rocky. He doesn't want anything from him. 
He's like, here, have a couple, have 50 bucks, you know, go, go take Adrian to the movies or something. And it's just like, it's like, wow, you're a really nice guy. You're like a father figure to Rocky. You know, this is weird. <laughs> that is, that, again, that is another thing in the Rocky franchise. They try to make you like characters that you shouldn't like. No, Paulie well, Chief among first them. First example. <laughs> Paulie Chief among them. But yeah, it's, oh man, it's Rocky too just sucks. It, it's so bad. And of course, in the training montage, we do get Rocky outrunning an army of children. Yeah. Who, for some reason, all the children in Philadelphia have decided to hunt Rocky down like a dog and <laughs> eat his guts or something. Who knows? <laughs> that would only explain, that would ex- be the only explanation why 200 children are chasing him through the streets of Philadelphia. <laughs> also, you ever go to the market in Philly? They're not giving you free food. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Hell no. That's what I was thinking. I was like, that shit is not going to be happening. <laughs> and now that is probably the second least realistic thing in Rocky. We'll get to the least and Rocky four. Well, yeah, I mean, Rocky four might as well be a fantasy sequence, you know? <laughs> well, that's what, when you get to Rocky three and four, that's the tonal, like Rocky two still kind of exists in the real world to a degree. It does. Yeah, absolutely. Rocky three is when you get a shift to what the fuck is going on like this is entertaining as hell but what the fuck is it (laughs) all right so speaking of that that's another from 1982 rocky three of course clubber lang aka mr t is the big bad villain in this but we do get one thing in this movie that has become synonymous with rocky and that is survivor's eye of the tiger right we get survivor's (laughs) eye of the tiger and it makes its first appearance in this movie and it's 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 like it's become the corniest goddamn song ever but it's when you're watching you're like oh here we go all right all right i would say the second corniest song ever after uh journeys don't stop believing well, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know that my wife is currently watching The Sopranos, so <laughs> that's gonna be that's fun when she gets there. There's a lot of Journey in that show too. So I've, I've watched a few episodes, and Journey somehow played a part in every goddamn episode. <laughs> but um, and a lot of like late '90s Metallica shows up as well because <laughs> they play that shit in the Bada Bang all the time. But anyway, speaking of, <laughs> look at fucking Mike, <laughs> this goddamn punch bowl. <laughs> but yeah, so. <laughs> Now we're on to Rocky Three. Now, of course, this movie has another gimmick fight in it, and it is against one Thunderlips, who is quote unquote the ultimate male, played by Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Which, to be fair, if you're picking out someone to play the ultimate male in what 1982, it's going to be Hulk Hogan. <laughs> no, it's not. It's going to be the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> And if he was even wrestling in 82, I don't even know if he was. Uh, you <laughs> could up. go Andre the Giant, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, imagine Rocky fighting Andre the Giant. <laughs> <laughs> that would be even funnier. But then, if I could believe anyone throwing a punch hits 1850 PSI, it's Andre the Giant. <laughs> exactly. Like if anybody, yeah, if Ivan Drago is going to be fighting anybody, it should be Andre. It should be Andre the Giant, not fucking Rocky. But um. But yeah, and it's it's just so funny. Like, it's obviously played for laughs at first, and it's Hulk Hogan towering over Sylvester Stallone, and that's the whole point. And then he kind of it's the it's the goes with the deal, like comes with the territory, or whatever. And it's that's why he Hulk Hogan kind of like takes it to Rocky at first and just beating the shit out of him at first. And then uh 
Rocky gets mad, comes back, fights him, throws him out of the ring, blah, 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 blah. But in this movie, Rocky gets his ass handed to him in the beginning of a gimmick fight. Now, throughout the franchise, we have several gimmick fights that take place. The first one is in the first Rocky. It's the end fight. It's a gimmick fight. And Rocky and an, uh, Rocky loses, but he beats the living hell out of Apollo. Apollo. Rocky makes the gimmick fight a serious fight. All right. So Apollo comes out on the short end of the stick, even though he wins that fight, technically. He comes out on the short end of the stick. So then the rematch happens. Then in Rocky 3, we have another gimmick fight featuring Rocky and Thunderlips. Rocky gets his ass handed to him. He's thrown out of the ring. He's basically embarrassed like crazy until he fights, quote, unquote, fights back. And then the gimmick fight is over. But then in Rocky 4, we have yet another gimmick fight, which will prove to be fatal, you know, because that's the one that Apollo dies in. And then Rocky 6, we have a gimmick fight as well. And Rocky ends up losing that one too. (laughs) And then you get to the Rocky 4, you have a street fight, not a gimmick fight. (laughs) That's Rocky 5. Rocky 5, I mean. But still, it's it's basically a gimmick fight to be as well. Yeah. Because the whole thing is on television to get Rocky to do an actual fight with Tommy Gunn. Mm-hmm. And so all of these gimmick fights fail horribly. Now, if that is that Sylvester Stallone purposely doing some sort of commentary about how gimmick boxing matches are not worth anything, being weirdly prescient about today's boxing society where logan paul or whatever fucking youtube star is fighting like conor mcgregor and whoever the hell else you know celebrity foxy boxing goes on it's like who could possibly care about this shit and <laughs> making rocky money? meets celebrity death match exactly i want to see that i want to see the actual celebrity death match featuring rocky and rambo you know <laughs> God, that that show, who came up with that? We're going to make claymation version of celebrities, and we're going to have them die in gruesome fights. And they're always perfectly, like, they're, like, it was obviously, like, perfectly um, matched as well. You know, it was, like, Nancy Kerrigan beat Tanya Harding in a celebrity death match. It was really that. It was just, that was such a great show. And MTV was, it was, like, MTV or Comedy Central. I can't remember which one it was. Might have been both for all I know. But Jack Black versus Jack White. <laughs> exactly. It was just like these silly little fights, and they're all claymation. It's just fucking hilarious. But in this one, of course, you know, Hulk Hogan, we're like, okay, this is what we're doing in this movie. Interesting. And of course, the HGH with Stallone is flowing strong in this one because he's starting to get jacked. And in one and two, he's not jacked, he's just boxing fit. In three and four, four especially, he is utterly inhuman. You know, that is not what a man of his age would ever look like after training without a little bit of help from science. And I guess in four, it makes sense that he's on the juice because so is Drago. But in three, I think he just had to look the same as Mr. T, who was in his prime at the time. And of course, Clubber Lang. Is Clubber Lang, now granted, this movie took place three years before Mike Tyson's career debut in 85, but Clubber Lang is Mike Tyson. Yeah, pretty much. absolutely is. And I want to know if it was sort of like art imitating, like like predicting life, or if Mike Tyson was like kind of known in the underground at that point. Someone was like, you know what? 
let's make him a character in a Rocky movie. You know, I don't because- know, because Mike Tyson started getting featured on like Sports Illustrated very young. Like very so young. I think he might have been like 17 when he first got featured on Sports Illustrated. It could have been, but like because Iron Mike Tyson, the guy who will knock you out in 30 seconds, mm-hmm. was like I think one of his shortest fights was like 12 seconds or something like that. So it's like that is Clubber Lang because that's his whole reputation in this movie. Like he be, he doesn't go to second rounds with people. And that's what Rocky has to do. He has to get him to go like longer and tire him out. And that's, of course, when Rocky just starts absorbing punches because like, like we said, getting punched in the head, he's not going to go blind anymore because that's not what matters anymore. Because Rocky too, we like to forget about that one. We just forget about everything. But, but now Rocky three. I think has an issue of what it wants to be as a movie. Absolutely. Because you get your silliness in it. Like, they're absolutely fantastical. What the fuck is going on? But then they try to go serious for parts. And it just, it does, like, they try to replicate, like, serious moments from, like, the first one and Mickey's death. And it feels like melodrama in it. Mickey dying is one of the funnier things i've ever seen because he gets like shoved mm-hmm. <laughs> and then has a heart attack <laughs> you know it's like oh so this old man knows this burgess meredith being like i'm done i'm yeah. done stallone i am fucking dying in this movie and i am done with you <laughs> you know <laughs> but little did he know he was not done with them but yeah it's and then of course you have to get rocky trying to cry and emote and Stallone just trying to act at Mickey's deathbed side. And it's again, like we mentioned before, Preston and Steve on 93.3 MMR morning show, they had these sound drops that they use. And of course, being a Philadelphia show, they use a bunch of Rocky sound clips. Now, one of which is Rantlers that they do. And the other is when Stallone is crying in the death scene of Mickey, he does this weird, like, Hey, like this weird like crying like snort cry thing it's so weird it's like oh God. It's, it, the serious moments in this movie are painful like this is awful this movie should have just been full-blown we're going out there with it we are not taking this movie seriously that's what the rocky three should have been because that's what works in it the parts that work are the off the wall parts yeah, and that's every Rocky movie. And again, we're about to get into the greatest one. Every Rocky movie, the best parts are the boxing and the silly shit. You know, outside of the first movie. Right, yeah, outside of the first movie. The first movie's fine as it is. It could be trimmed here and there. But what it is, it's good for what it is. Yeah, and it is a legendary movie. Absolutely. So, I think Rocky won... Aside trimming it up in places, there's not much I would change about it. No, 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 no. Story-wise, it's you should keep it identical. You can just trim some shit here and there and just have a little bit on the cutting room floor. And you don't you don't necessarily need everything. But in all of these other movies, and then in this one, we get the full-on like fact that Paulie is just a racist asshole. Yeah. You know, and it's like, good God, why is he? Why? Why is he still here? So that's, so I almost wonder, like, was America that bad at the time that people actually enjoyed the character of Polly so much that they felt that they need to make him the comic relief? Or was it just Rocky not getting it and thinking, hey, we need comic relief. Polly works. (laughs) That's the thing. 
unfortunately, and they people from Philly will deny this till the day they die. Philly is a racist fucking city. And it's kind of like Boston. I'm a diehard Red Sox fan, but I acknowledge that a lot of Red Sox fans are pieces of shit. And it's it Philly, there are Jesus Mike. <laughs> but <laughs> this fucking drink. But in Philly, they will when you listen to just like some the sports commentary essentially in, in the the sports fans of this city, they will tear a black athlete apart but they will find all the excuses in the world for white ones. And Paulie is the same kind of drunk asshole that given if he had three extra brain cells in his head would be a caller on 94.1 WIP. He'd be calling in about why the Eagles need to get rid of whatever, you know, insert black athlete here and sign some schmuck white athlete. Who's just even so much worse. But of course the blue collar nature of this town they have just a general distrust for anybody that's slightly darker than them, you know? And that's Pauly. Pauly is that character. So I could, if anything, see Stallone being like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sneakily put a Philadelphia in this fucking movie. <laughs> and I'm going to make Burt Young act like a complete monster this whole time. Because that's essentially the <laughs> worst. Philadelphians do? They fuck robots. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, on, it's, it's one of the, un, you know, the untold legends of Philly that all of the scumbags in this thing, that city, they fuck robots. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Hopefully we're not isolating too big a part of our audience by talking this much shit about Philly. I'm not a fan of that city. <laughs> you know, I don't mind the Phils. I'll watch the Phils and I'll, I'll cheer for the Phils. But there's there's a lot about that silly that that, that Philly uh, Philadelphia that's just silly. <laughs> but then of course you know in this one we get more of Talia Shire being the greatest actress of all time because. I honestly can't tell if she legitimately hates Stallone or if uh, Adrian's supposed to be uh, pissed off all the time. <laughs> you know, uh, something about the, like this marriage is clearly not a happy one. No, and yet everything that she says is supposed to supposed to be. You know, she loves him. I don't get it. The only realistic movie where I could see like where they were going with the relationship is Rocky One. Right. Yeah. And again, like that's the story that you need to tell in that movie and it's a heartwarming story the two are clearly perfect for each other quote unquote but adrian yeah oh yeah if you were to drink every time this franchise he says yo adrian you'd be dead halfway through the first movie <laughs> but then of course there's you know just little shit in this movie like Rocky, he's supposed to be a guy who allegedly can't live without boxing. Yet every chance he gets, he just fucking wants to quit and just retire. You know, it's like, wow, for yeah. the ultimate underdog success story, you are, you're a fucking quitter, dude. <laughs> you know, it's like there's a little bit of adversity comes at you and you just want to throw in the towel. Come on. <laughs> Which is ironic now, considering he doesn't throw in the towel in the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this movie is where I feel like Carl Weathers gets to shine really like this. And he, Carl Weathers is the brightest spot of Rocky three along yeah. with Hulk Hogan. Of course. <laughs> of course. And Oh, Oh. And of course there is also uh, Mr. T's best line, which is prediction pain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's such a great line. I mean, until in Mr. T for who he is delivers the plays this character clever line perfectly now, really are you are you aware that rocky three was nominated for two oscars 
there's no way in hell. <laughs> it was nominated for two Oscars. Or no, I'm sorry, one Oscar. That I, it, one Oscar. Is it best actress? <laughs> it's best original song for Eye of the Tiger. <laughs> That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I thought it was so. I thought it said nominated for best music and best original song, but it's best music, comma original song. <laughs> right, because yeah, because it's Eye of the Tiger and Gonna Fly Now, and that's it. Yeah, but yeah, Mr. T, he he plays his role. Like it's I'm not. It's not a particularly well written role, but. <laughs> Mr. T makes it work. He makes it work because he's Mr. T. That's that's Clubber Lang is Mr. T. And yeah. he's the inspiration for what was it? Uh Balrog and uh Street Fighter. Yeah. You know, he's supposed to be him, but yeah, so he, there's a lot of merits obviously to his character because it's it's an iconic, albeit one of the more forgotten characters of a Rocky franchise, but he is he's he is great for who he is. And to be the villain in the, one of these movies, he's one of the better ones. Of course, he takes a backseat to the biggest villain of all, which is Ivan Drago, who we will talk about. Yeah, if you go about I, so who do you think is more iconic, Apollo Creed as a villain or Ivan Drago? Drago, easily. <laughs> but Creed is a better character. Now, I have a story. So, as a kid, I was a huge Rocky fan. Love the Rocky movies. Of course. In fourth grade, I had a bunch of betta fish. I loved getting, like, the Japanese betta fish. And I had a tank that it was, like, I could have five betta fish, and they were all separated. The tank had one lid. And from what I can detail of what happened is either one of my parents forgot to put the lid back on after they were feeding them, or one of these fish managed to knock off the lid. <laughs> oh, all right. Now, it, the way the tank was arranged, it was on a row. There was about five fish. I had it was, I I had Drago after Ivan Drago. I had Rocky. I had Apollo. I had uh, <laughs> I had uh, Tommy Gunn, and I had Mickey. <laughs> Jesus, you got everybody in there. And Ivan Drago was on the end, and he jumped from tank to tank, killing all of my other fish. <laughs> of course he did, because he's Ivan Drago. <laughs> so Four we... dead beta fish. On my birthday, I found this. On nice. my birthday. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday. Love Ivan Drago. <laughs> it was like, I probably turned nine or ten, and Love that fish happened. fish Drago. <laughs> but, yeah, that's uh, that's an Ivan Drago for you. you see, you, were, you kind of brought that on yourself because you named him Ivan Drago. Well, I just named him Drago. <laughs> That's like if you named him Connor McCloud. He was going to cut all the heads off of everybody else. I mean, <laughs> hey, I clearly I picked the right one to name Drago. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. I think I named him Drago because he was all red. Yeah, it works. <laughs> yeah, the Rusky, the commie. But anyway, so Rocky Three done. Mike, how is your, uh, how's your cauldron? It is excellent. I am thoroughly enjoying it. <laughs> it's about what? Three quarters of the way done? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd say about that. I've been taking my time because I only have enough ingredients for one of these mixtures. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of disappointing because I, I really like it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah, and of course, my uh, Yards Brawler from Filthy Delphia, you know, Champion Ale. 
Very good. I'm on number three. It's delicious. And uh, all right. So we are on to the main event. Rocky IV, 1985. A.K.A. Cold War the movie. (laughs) Rocky wins the Cold War with a speech and boxing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, remember I said uh, Philadelphians giving you free food as you run by on the market was the second most unrealistic. The most unrealistic thing is the Russians starting to cheer for Rocky about halfway through this fight. There is no goddamn way this <laughs> Could you imagine if Mir- they made Miracle and the Russians started to cheer for the Americans at the start of the third period? Exactly. There's no fucking way in 1985 that Russia is going to cheer for an American in any possible way, unless he's being publicly executed on Soviet television. (laughs) That is the only way that the Russians are going to cheer for an American, let alone one that they simply cannot understand, regardless of if they knew English or not. (laughs) Now, now, the Berlin Wall came down about four years after this movie. Is there any correlation to that? Probably not. (laughs) that was germany Germany. (laughs) but the berlin wall was that that was still cold war it was russia that yeah it was cold war era russia controlled east berlin the soviet union controlled east berlin that's why the berlin wall was a thing yeah who gives a fuck it's the cold war ronald reagan ended that (laughs) no rocky Give a fuck about the Soviet Union anymore? Give a shit. But no, but they, this movie is very much U.S. versus the Soviet Union. It is. It is. It really is the Cold Cold War the movie, and it's oh god, it's you could a- call it Cold War the musical because there is a f- we get to hear a full blown musical number with Apollo Creed dancing around it. There are so many montages in this movie, three and all of them are scored to different songs. One of which is living in America. It's not really a montage. It's just the opening scene with living in America with James Brown, the beginning of the fight with Drago and Apollo. We get the whole song. (laughs) Then we get whatever the driving song is in that montage. That's a full song. And then of course we get hearts on fire, which is the ultimate montage song, which we get again, full song <laughs> now are like four minutes long each <laughs> can we talk about how rocky is kind of responsible for apollo's death he absolutely is responsible for apollo's death <laughs> throwing the goddamn towel man yeah. he may hate you for a little bit but at least he's alive to hate you <laughs> yeah you haven't created a widow <laughs> <laughs> No widow creed. <laughs> but I was I was watching someone rank the rocky movies on youtube I, I was looking at a random list of what people were thinking of ranking. And they described Rocky Four as like, this isn't even a movie. It's an 80s entertainment experience. It is. It's Because it's <laughs> you could not make something like this in a decade that's not the 80s. <laughs> no, absolutely not. This movie is probably 75% montage montages, but they're all montages of things from the previous movies. Mm-hmm. Like, and the driving scene is a montage of an argument Rocky is driving away from. <laughs> you see flat, you see flashbacks of 30 seconds before. And it's of Adrian screaming at the top of the stairs. You can't win, you know, but it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing because we get the most iconic lines of all of the Rocky franchises 
from Ivan Drago's mouth in this movie. <laughs> Most iconic is probably I must break you. You will lose. <laughs> if he dies, he, he dies. dies. <laughs> and then of course we let uh we let Dolph Lundgren talk at the end, but people are yelling over him <laughs> at the end of that Apollo Creed fight. Where he's like, I think I'm a fighter, I'll take it anybody. It's like no one's listening to you. No one, there is a man dying in the ring. <laughs> no I still listening. love that Dolph Lundgren has like what three three engineering degrees is one from he's got a MIT. phd in some ridiculously like difficult thing to get a he PhD. went to like mit for several yeah. of his degrees he is a straight up genius <laughs> and of yeah. course he's the most russian looking swede ever you know? <laughs> his jaw I'm willing to bet you could actually like grate cheese off of. You, know? <laughs> you give him a little stubble, you could grate cheese off that man's jaw. That, is... that blows my mind how smart Ivan Drago is in real life. It's amazing. It really is. It's there like was... um, it's like Dexter Holland, lead singer of the offspring. He's got a PhD in some ridiculous thing, too. Also, um... a little fucking shitty punk man. <laughs> also, um, Oh God! Uh, which member of one is it? The who in Queen has a PhD? I think it's Brian May. Yeah, I think it is Brian May. I'm pretty sure he's like the president of a university. Could be, but yeah, but like Queen, it's it's different because you know Brian May is a revolutionary guitarist. You know, yeah. you got to be a really smart person to come up with the shit that he's come up with on, a, mm-hmm. on, a, on an instrument, but. Like to be Dexter Holland from The Offspring and to also be like a PhD candidate and all that. It's like, wow, why aren't your songs better? You know? And then, of course, we get Dolph fucking Lundgren as now, Mike, what is little trivia here? What is um, uh, Ivan Drago's? I mean, what? Okay, I'm sorry. Ivan Drago, Dolph played by Dolph Lundgren. What is Dolph Lundgren's real first name? I don't know. You don't know? It is Hans. <laughs> Hans is his real first name. Now, that immediately made me think of Die Hard. <laughs> Simon Gruber was born Hans Peter Gruber. <laughs> he is, he's like, he is Hans Gruber's brother, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Simon <laughs> Peter Gruber. He's now, Hans I'm Gruber. also kind of thinking of the Mighty Ducks. He played, imagine him playing Han. <laughs> Hans, because Hans was um, uh, diplomatic immunity, right? <laughs> he was um, uh, whatever, uh, oh, fuck, whatever that uh, character's name is, Denomalous from Bill and Dad. But, oh, we missed the most iconic line from Rocky Three. I pity the fool. Oh, well, yeah, I pity the fool, but yeah, it's, I mean, I was going to say, it's prediction, pain. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, like, way more people say I pity the fool than well, of course because that's like Mr. T's thing though. He said yeah. Joss Ackland is Hans, is the one thing up. But yeah, like when I heard it love Dolph Lundgren's real name was Hans, I was like, he was born Hans Peter Lundgren. <laughs> He's Simon's <laughs> brother, <laughs> But so anyway, but again, now this is the movie, of course, we just talked about. We find out that uh, Ivan Drago could punch the rock's head off <laughs> simply because he uh he, he punches with a greater bite force than like an alligator, which has like yeah, that's, <laughs> the, like the strongest of, bite force in the like the animal kingdom. The amount of punches 
Rocky takes to the face that are really two punches, like double the punch from the rock. His his cheekbone should both be broken. Oh, he should have no orbital socket left. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck being blind. He shouldn't have half a face. (laughs) Well, I don't understand. (laughs) And then Again, you get the Soviets turning and becoming a fan of Rocky. And you get, if I could change, <laughs> you could change. We can all change. It's me and two men killing each other. It's better than 20 million. It's like, all right. <laughs> Fuck you, Stallone. You're not solving the goddamn Cold War crisis here. It's <laughs> in mean, the goddamn UN. <laughs> the moment in this movie that haunts me is like, hey, that's my lady. <laughs> So weird, man. And of course, when he the best part is when he goes to train in quote unquote Moscow, which is actually just Jackson Hole, Wyoming in the winter. You know, he brings Polly. Yeah. Fucking Polly. Are you serious? Why? Why are we bringing that asshole to Russia? Because apparently people like Polly or Rocky think or uh, Stallone thinks people like Polly. The only thing I can think of in the world of the Rocky franchise is that Rocky lost a bet and everywhere he goes, he has to take Polly. <laughs> <laughs> now what my more ideal does? scenario is he hope Polly falls over drunk and freezes to death in Moscow. <laughs> and in this one, he's a bigger, instead of being the drunken racist scumbag that he is, he's an, he's like a whiny baby in this movie. Yeah. You know, and he's he even says, Oh, they brought my comics. It's like, what are you, seven? You know? <laughs> it's like, because this was definitely in an age where being a comic book fan wasn't exactly seen as a good hobby, you know? And especially not from a 70 year old racist. <laughs> yeah. But, and then, what of comics course, is he reading? <laughs> I, who knows? He didn't, they didn't even show it. But of Paul, course, he has Superman one. <laughs> He's just reading it. He's just fucking up Action Comics number one. You know, it's yeah. a million comic book. He's just thumbing his like, greasy fingers across it and just fucking it up. But, of course, in this one, we get the ultimate of unconventional training methods in this movie. Because he's, again, training in Jackson Hole, a.k.a. Moscow. And he's just lifting whatever. Chopping from- down trees, throwing Chopping rocks. <laughs> Jumping through snow, he's he's outrunning KGB agents. You know? he's, uh, course, he's pulling horses out of snow drifts. <laughs> right, and of course Drago is you know he's fighting in his ultra chic, slick state of the art um, training 80s facility. State of the art. It's one of my favorite '80s state of the art looking. It's places. so good. He's just running around inside, and it's actually hilarious. But um, yeah, I'm surprised we didn't get a. Typical like eighties text like evil mastermind tech thing with just a bunch of random switches and knobs on it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, uh, God, it's and of course Brigitte Nielsen is in this. Who do not Google Brigitte Nielsen now? You will be terrified. Just Google Brigitte Nielsen Rocky Four and only look at those pictures of her. But sheer her character's name is Ludmilla. And her Russian accent is insanely spotty. <laughs> it is it is questionable at best, barely present at, at best as well. You know, but she is 
she actually has the best speech in the movie too where she's like everybody's like why are you going to have the fight in moscow she's like well we're fucking here and everyone in the street's throwing garbage at my husband they're threatening to kill him like as we walk around it's like well hey why are you walking around the streets of philadelphia after this shit you know who's gonna you know what's gonna happen there and of course you're walking no it's like msg it's madison square garden i think they have it but still it's like why are you walking around like after the most public death in the history of sports and you're a an actual like murderer in this case you think people are going to just let you walk around no i don't think so <laughs> that, that one of my favorite lines in this movie is uh one of my, it's one of my favorites but also i'm like why is this in here and duke's like what's happening out there he's winning i see three of them hit the one in the middle yeah hit the one in the middle exactly you no know, duke the guy that wanted to throw the towel for apollo creed if you're seeing three of them out there Maybe you're concerned. You should be concerned about Rocky's brain damage. <laughs> well, in that case, Rocky is still at least seeing things, which he shouldn't be because yeah. his head should be caved in. But and that's the other thing. Just from a simple fight perspective, Dolph Lundgren versus Sylvester Stallone is not a match that would ever go the distance in anything because there's no way Rocky could ever punch Drago. Yeah, because he has no. Not- He's got like a foot and a half reach on him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and how, how many weight classes above Sylvester Stallone do you think Dolph Lundgren is? <laughs> it's like heavyweight versus like middleweight, you know? it's There's no way. Just size alone. And I don't think Stallone could punch him in the face. Yeah. He's that much of a different height. He's got to jump and punch. The- right. Just that much of a height difference. And, of course, you know, we get his like piece of iron and... We get montage through the final fight because this movie's nothing but montages and Rocky wins the Cold War with uh, the greatest speech in movie history. That's one thing. So, like, I understand montaging through fights, but this fight was a little too montage through. We get, like, one round and then, like, part of the second round and then montage. You know, yeah. we just montage through to the end. And it's, oh, God, it's... It, again, like we said, like some of the most unrealistic shit in the movies happens in this one, especially this the premiere, aka Gorbachev standing, standing up and giving Rocky a, a standing ovation. I don't think that'd be happening. He'd yeah, be the hit on Drago to kill him in the ring. <laughs> you know? And if he got, if he stood up and started clapping, one of his underlings would be calling the hit on him. <laughs> yeah, he'd be shot in the head too. It's like, oh, traitor. <laughs> but yeah, but Rocky Four is very much the best Rocky in the most. Sarcastic. It's the most rewatchable Rocky. Absolutely, it's the most sarcastic, ironic, best you could ever think of. So that, what I was saying about Rocky Three, where its silly moments are what works. Well, Rocky Four just embraced it. It is. After Apollo's death early in the movie, it's almost entirely silly. <laughs> it's hilarious. And especially even Apollo's death is funny because he's flopping around in the ball in the ring like a goddamn trout, <laughs> you know? It's like, how hard did he get hit that he's twitching like that? <laughs> but it's, it's, oh, God, Living it's just in so America. <laughs> right. Yeah, James Brown, and of course, James Brown's probably just like, where's my money? <laughs> you know, yeah. pay me my money. But, it, oh god it's it's just such that, a i watch the cinema sins for rocky four he's like they are playing living in america and literally allowing him to list every city in the song 
Yeah, it's fucking James Brown, man. You don't you don't stop James Brown. You paid for James Brown, you get James Brown. That's what you get. So <laughs> anyway, why don't we move on to Rocky Five? Do we have to? Now, Rocky Five is by far the worst Rocky. And yeah. it's because it's barely even a Rocky movie. And it doesn't even have because it's made in 1990. It doesn't even have the hallmarks of these 70s and 80s Rocky movies of the soundtrack. This is all terrible generic 1990s like bad fourth tier hip-hop soundtrack and it's like embarrassing it's like when white guys in the 90s would rap that's kind of what this soundtrack is the equivalent of it's just fucking cringeworthy there is one good thing about rocky five and it's tommy gunn's mullet (laughs) it is a glorious mullet it really is tommy morrison R.I.P. He is, uh, I believe he died of HIV complications. Um, so he is dead as well. But yeah, it's, it is, oh man. He, and you can tell, like, and I texted Mike this as well. Boxers, aside from Mike Tyson, should not be actors. They shouldn't. Tommy Morrison, a.k.a. Tommy Gunn, is an actor. Mason the Line Dixon, a.k.a. I think it's like John or some Don, somebody Tarver, I think is his last name in the sixth one he shouldn't be an actor either these guys are not actors you might as well have had mike tyson be the be the character because at least mike nowadays and in 2006 he could too you might as well have him act because let someone write a movie where sylvester where rocky boxes mike tyson like not a character just mike tyson and they get like hangover level mike tyson coming out and ready to perform right exactly and antonio tarver is the actor i'm the guy i'm thinking of but like yeah tarver and morrison are not actors stallone's barely an actor but he's better than these guys and it's 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 so this whole movie is dumb because this whole movie isn't even about tommy gunn trying to be to get Rocky to be his trainer. That happens. But then he quickly jumps and leaves him for the Don King stand-in, who, in turn, only wants to use Tommy to get Rocky to fight a death. And it's like, what is happening in this fucking movie? (laughs) How am I not in that movie? How am I not in that movie? I could be a trainer. (laughs) Nick Cage should play Tommy Gunn. (laughs) That would be great. I mean, that would be perfect. 1990s Nick Cage as Tommy Gunn. That would be fucking hilarious. And of course, who else is in this movie, Mike? Um, He's a little kid. He's a bully. He hasn't grown since. It's Kevin Connolly. (laughs) Entourage is Kevin Connolly. (laughs) She hasn't grown a single inch since this movie, and he was 10 years old in this. Oh, of course, we also do have to mention Sage Stallone as Rocky's son in this. R.I.P. to Sage Sage Stallone. He is no longer with us as well. But it's, wow. And, and of course, this is also a movie about Rocky um, openly being the worst father ever. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, this movie literally is like, that's that also is something, so something I should have brought up in the fourth movie is like, Everything that you rooted for Rocky Four in Rocky One is gone by Rocky Four. He opens oh, up driving a Lamborghini to a giant mansion and buying his dickhead of a uh, friend. I guess we'll call him a friend. Yeah, 
he's more of a leech. <laughs> yeah, a, a hanger robot. On. Hanger on. Yeah, he buys him a robot that turns brother-in-law. Brother-in-law. <laughs> it is his brother-in-law. It is his brother-in-law. It legitimately that is yeah. Paulie's official title, but he's essentially just a leech. Yeah. That's all he is. But yes, he buys him a robot that becomes a sex robot. Because okay, a how did Paulie program it to have that sexy voice, and b was that an option from the beginning for that robot? <laughs> that means that that means to me that someone meant that thing to be a fuckbot, and Paulie just figured it out. <laughs> God, the only thing they could have made like the only thing that could have made it worse is if instead of that weird ass looking robot. They make it uh, the Terminator from Terminator 3. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Christina Locken is just the big titted Terminator robot for Paulie. Just walking up singing happy birthday like Marilyn Monroe or some shit like that. <laughs> As he says, well, which port do I stick my dick in? And she's like, well, the one that looks like my vagina. You know, it's not a real vagina. It's a robot vagina, but you're definitely going to fuck it because you're a sick degenerate. <laughs> you know? Like, does that make it worse? Or Like, what is worse? Paulie fucking just like a weird ass looking 80s robot you just said it what's worse Paulie fucking that's what's worse <laughs> <laughs> just Paulie fucking in general never mind if it's a woman a dog a man a fucking robot it doesn't matter <laughs> it's just Paulie fucking <laughs> my guess is like a swing from his punch ball because of that <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. have to post. I'm gonna have to post a picture of me wearing the uh, the Emilio Estevez tank top while drinking from the punch bowl. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's oh god, Paulie. And yeah, there's no way that that like because Rocky's got the money to have to hire somebody to clean that goddamn robot after Paulie fills it with jizz. You know, and it's just it's just wrong. And we everyone knows. Like the the best part is is that no one makes that joke. Rocky goes, when did it get that voice? But that's as far as it goes. Everyone knows that Paulie is fucking that robot. That's <laughs> the the one quote I can say from Joe Rogan is like, he's like, it doesn't matter if you're Michael Jordan. If you're fucking a fake vagina, you're going to be disappointed in yourself. You're going to feel shame. Not Paulie. Nope. <laughs> Paulie, feel, Paulie. He introduces the robot as his woman. It's so weird. God, it's so weird. And then, of course, this movie doesn't, it doesn't do anything. Like, we, we see a montage of Tommy Gunn rising through the ranks. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Rocky's just, like, being a terrible father. And apparently and, he's poor now. Allegedly. Now, of course, and, of course, there's the quote-unquote other villain in this movie, which is the giant boobed redhead that's, like, bought as his girlfriend. And, oh, okay, now that's the other thing we haven't mentioned. The boxing press in these movies. are These guys are the best assholes I've ever seen. They will openly talk shit to you just to get you to say something that they can quote in the paper. When the one guy in the uh, talking to Tommy Gunn, they're talking about Rocky and how Rocky's the best and Tommy, you're a piece of shit. Aren't you a piece of shit, Tommy? Don't you agree that you're a piece of shit and the Rocky's the best? He's just getting pissed off and he goes, you haven't fought anybody. Why don't you fight the redhead in the front row? <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, that, that I might pay to see that. You're yeah. trying to punch her in, the, in her, like, triple E's just to try to get an actual fight going? I don't think so. <laughs> At, all right, so if there's two things that Rocky Five gets right, it's mullets 
and the paparazzi. <laughs> the, these guys are hilarious. I love these dudes. They're fucking everywhere. <laughs> and they're just complete dicks. It's like they hate being boxing writers, you know? <laughs> now, Ross, this may have been, I don't know. Did you own a PS2 or an original Xbox? Uh, PS2, yeah. Did you play the Rocky video game for the PlayStation I, 2? I did not know there was a Rocky video game, but I'm sure it was terrible. <laughs> I, it's kind of it, like it feels like an early fight night game, which I guess is good because that was like the standard for boxing games at the time. Whether or not uh, it was... Standard for boxing games has always been and always will be Mike Tyson's punch out. <laughs> Mike Tyson's punch out was much earlier. I'm saying for the time, for the uh, PS2 okay. era... Fight night was the standard. Okay. Okay. And I, if I remember correctly, because it's been more than a decade, much more than a decade since I played the Rocky video game. <laughs> but like, I do rem- the hardest fight in the game is the Ivan Drago fight. <laughs> I bet it is because that's literally the hardest fight in all these movies. You know, and he even says in, is it six? Or maybe it's in one of those things I watched from Creed 2. He says that fight, he broke things in me that ain't never been fixed. He says that. I was like, well, yeah, because he was on steroids and he was punching at 2150 PSI, you know? Like hippos don't bite that hard. And they have one of the strongest jaws in the fucking animal kingdom. <laughs> but yeah. But this movie. Also, there's a weird thing at the end of this movie. Well, not really the end. It's it's not the end. It's when Tommy's doing his big fight and Rocky's watching it. And Rocky's, like, boxing along with him. And Tommy's doing the same things that Rocky's doing. It's like this weird, like, voodoo doll shit. It's like, what the hell is going on here? And even, like, Rocky's son and Adrian are looking at him, like, and looking at the TV, looking at Rocky, and they're like, this is weird. Why is this happening? Like, is, is he somehow controlling Tommy? This is fucking odd. And then, of course, after that, we just jump into a street fight with Tommy and Rocky. And then Rocky punches not, uh, Walmart Don King. He throws him onto a car. <laughs> and sue me for what? So apparently yeah. Rocky is broke at the end of Rocky 5 and opens a restaurant in Rocky 6. Now, yeah. there is a... What, 15, 16 year difference between 16 years? So, 16 year difference. But so, maybe Rocky got business. I think it's 15 because he probably opens it after Adrian dies, and she's been yeah. dead for a year at the beginning of Rocky Balboa. So, does Rocky somehow become business savvy in those years? That's the thing. He's just like, it's just business. It's not like he's the head chef or anything because, and Paulie, for as big of a scumbag as he is, he has the best line in the whole franchise when he says is when he says to rocky he's like oh yeah mexicans making italian food how authentic is that i was like ah paulie's been to an italian restaurant (laughs) paulie knows the secrets of italian restaurants i get it (laughs) the shitty italian restaurants i should say god i'm looking at the rocky video game like the fighter list now rocky (laughs) fun Now, they have, like, so, obviously, you have, like, Rocky, Apollo Creed, Ivan Drago, Clubber Lang, Spider Rico, and Tommy Gunn. Those are your... Spider Rico makes it? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Well, how many people did Rocky actually fight? (laughs) 
Well, that's the thing. Spider Rico is just the very first fight we see in the first movie, and that's it. And then we see well, him as a retired old man who's getting well, dinners at Adrian. Well, if you look at some of the other fighters that they put in, which they add just a bunch of random guys for you to fight, and your boss fights are basically the movie fights. Essentially, yeah, probably. Um, so you get Big Chuck Smith. Hey! You have Big Yank Ball. Are they, wait, do they all start with Big? <laughs> no, no, just those two. Billy Snow, Bob Cray, Buddy Shaw, Brett oh, wait, Judge. With a B? <laughs> Instead of big, did they all start with B? <laughs> I was just on the B list, and that does happen to have the most characters. <laughs> it's probably good Stallone had like creative input on this. It was like, oh, okay, what do I start with? Do I start with the A's or the B's? I start with the B's. Let's go with big uh Bob. Oh, you have Dipper <laughs> Brown, who is a character in the movie who trained and Mighty Mix Jim. But do you know what his nickname is? Big Dipper Brown. <laughs> it's gotta be. Of course. Uh we need uh <laughs> Mr. Stallone, we need some uh we need some character names. Can you come up with them? Uh yeah. How about um Big Jim, Big Dipper, uh let's go with Spider Rico, uh Big Mike, um uh, <laughs> how about we go with we go with Big box of Bob. That's a good one. <laughs> right, big yank ball. That's big yank ball. Oh wait, that's just what I'm doing. I'm yanking my balls right now. <laughs> we just make them big. <laughs> but like, Jesus Christ! And then that's the other thing with like most of these characters. You're like, oh, these are like memorable character names. Apollo Creed, great fucking name. Clubber Lang, great fucking name. Ivan Drago, legendary fucking name. And then what do we get? Tommy Gunn, played by Tommy Morrison. <laughs> it's like, wow, we really stretched on that one, didn't we, Stallone? <laughs> really, really dug deep for that name, didn't we? <laughs> Tommy Gunn, guess what? It's an actual thing. Oh, wow, you're so fucking clever. Hey, uh, 16 years later, you've had a chance to write a bunch of movies, be around Hollywood, bunch of all kinds of creative uh, characters. What do you want to name your uh, your rival in Rocky Balboa, Sylvester? Um, let's go with Mason Dixon. Oh, okay. Does he have a nickname? Yeah, The Line. All right, Sylvester, this is the last movie you ever get to write. <laughs> no more for you. <laughs> are you just looking at a map right now? Like, what are you doing? Are you just now getting to eighth grade history? <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. Mason, the line, Dixon. Wow. God, dude, tell me. Was Iron Mike just too easy for you? <laughs> you know, did you not want to do that? It's, it's legendary, but no, the line. Everyone will remember that guy. But I almost <laughs> forgot it the second it was said. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't forget it because of the pun. Like, <laughs> it's, it's not even Mason Line Dixon or Mason Dixon Line. It's yeah. Mason the line. Dixon, it doesn't even work. <laughs> it doesn't flow. It has nothing to do with anything. And this movie, like, I think that this is probably the second most competently made of the first six. Yeah. Yeah. It's Rocky Balboa for all of its 
slow, awful, retired rockiness in the beginning of this movie is one of the better ones. And it's clearly because Stallone has been a competent filmmaker for a while at that point. Like he knows what to do. He's been around Hollywood. He's been acting. He's in a shitload of movies. So he can obviously direct a decent movie, but it's the funniest part about Balboa, Rocky Balboa 2006 is the fact that it's not Rocky anymore. It is Sylvester Stallone being called Rocky by other people, you know? And now that is one thing I think with Creed 1, you get Rocky, you get old man Rocky, not old man Stallone. Okay, does does he do like the kind of like the rambling that he does and uh, just making shit up and rantless and like <laughs> just kind of saying, yo, Adrian, and you know, just pet store and, you know, stuff. <laughs> Spider Rico. <laughs> Wait, doesn't Spider Rico die in one of them? I don't like, know. have his funeral or something? I'm not sure. I have to look into that. And that's the thing. Where the fuck is Duke? Because Duke's not in those movies, is he? No, I don't think so. Where the fuck is he? Why? Why? Why is Apollo? I mean, I get it. I get why Adonis is going for Rocky because it's fucking Rocky. But why isn't he going to Duke? Duke was Apollo's trainer. You know, he should be going to him first. And and Duke should be like, no, I don't do that anymore. Good to Rocky. Okay. You know? (laughs) They do say Spider Rico died in 2018. Oh, so yeah, he was definitely around. And so is Talia Shire still alive to this day? You know, it's like, why do we do No, I'm saying that character Spider Rico died in 2018. So was that, was that, that was Creed, Creed 1 or Creed 2? Yeah, it was Creed 2. Pretty sure that was Creed 2. I think Creed yeah, 1. Yeah, Creed was 1 was 2015. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's Creed 2. But yeah, it's like, okay. <laughs> All right. And then, of course, you know, in this, it's previously on rocky five but it's not rocky five it's they might as well have redconned rocky five for this which really is a good idea get rid of rocky five kick it to the fucking curb exactly yeah i thought it doesn't even exist they kind of like i know you don't like jurassic world but kind of like jurassic world did to jurassic park (laughs) three well no that that makes sense you know for all the faults that that movie has it makes sense to ignore jurassic park three because that was just fucking silly but in this one, of course, we also get the return of two very important characters from the first movie. Do you know who they are, Mike? As he takes a one-handed sip out of the giant brandy glass he's now working on. <laughs> yeah, and I'm doing like the middle finger ring finger grab of the glass. <laughs> it's the biggest brandy snifter in every history of brandy. All right, so the two characters that return in Rocky Balboa that we have not seen since Rocky One. They come back. Who are they? Uh, Your phone ain't going to help you, buddy. <laughs> they're not, not sure. People. I'll tell you that. They're not people. They're not the, the turtles. We get Cuff and Link finally come back. <laughs> That's right. Cuff and Link, the Rockies turtles finally come back because of course they'd still be alive. Because turtles live to be like 200 years old. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Of course, those turtles are still there. Yeah, Cuff and Link come back. Of course, Buttkits can't come back. He's probably been long dead. Yeah. But we do get Punchy. Punchy is this, like, Benji-looking motherfucker that he finds at the pound. And, of course, now, is it racist that the black kid wants to get the pit bull? Is that racist? I feel like it's kind of racist. 
<laughs> Especially know. a movie where Paulie is still alive. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, I think I love Pitbulls. They get a bad rap. I don't know. Well, yeah, but is the character choice there? Like the choice of what that character wants. Is that racist? It might be. It could be, I guess. <laughs> it might be. But yeah, and then you know, of course, this this movie is again 90% retired Rocky. And if you're only gonna do a movie about Rocky Balboa having to navigate retired life and there you Mike has finished his punch bowl. He is done with his punch bowl. How was it? You feeling all right? You good? I loved it. Yeah. I mean, it's only two beers. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm at uh, I'm on uh, my number four yards brawler, and it's amazing. But um, but yeah, so for for this movie to actually try to have a fight at the end of it is almost like tacked on yeah. because Feel like you could have just done a better movie of Rocky being a trainer, like a, like in Creed, like yeah. he could just been a trainer in this for Mason the Line Dixon. But instead, we get ESPN, all of the shittiest talking heads that ESPN's ever had. Skip fucking Bayless on being one of them. God, they they come up, Bayless. yeah, they come up with this weird like boxing like playstation 3 i guess at the time like simulation of what would happen if for some reason rocky balboa who's still being talked about like he's muhammad ali were to fight mason dixon and of course rocky wins and because mason is as fragile with the ego that he is and all of his people are as shitty as they are they're like oh you got beat by rocky you fucking suck it's like it's a fucking computer simulation on a talking head show on espn this shit isn't real yeah that's if that's Apollo's people should it should have been like Apollo's people. Don't think about Rocky. It was a gimmick fight. He's a bad matchup for you. Don't think about Rocky. He's a sixty-five year old man. It's (laughs) you're beating on someone's grandpa at this point. What the the best that happens is you just beat the fuck out of someone who's geriatric with brain damage. The worst that happens happened and they go to the distance with him fucking go the distance and you're proving that you can't handle an actual heavyweight fight you got to fight an old man who took you the distance you know who made it go to cards (laughs) but oh man yeah this and of course now because and i'm sure it it hadn't happened yet sage sloan hadn't died yet but at least i don't think he did but milo ventimiglia uh famous for now this is us he is a, he is Rocky's son now. He is Rocky's son Robert, and um, he sucks. <laughs> he really sucks <laughs> because the whole no Sage Sloan died in 2012. The whole point of Rocky's son now is that he doesn't want to live in his father's shadow. He wants to be his own person. He's a finance bro. He sucks in life. He's a piece of shit human being who hates his dad because his dad has literally done nothing wrong to him since Rocky Five. He's just been nothing but a good dad. And of course he hates just living in his shadow, but you got no, it. What weird. I will say from that, like if Rocky was as bad of a father from age of Rocky four to Rocky five, that's not something you forgive easily. But that's the thing though. In Rocky five, they very much are like buddy, buddy at the end of that movie. You know, they, they have made up like Rocky has seen the error of his ways and he's becoming a better father. But in this the whole conflict between him and his son is all on his son. 
Because his finance bros are like, dude, that's your dad. He's kicking people's asses. You're a piece of shit because you're not a boxer. And it's like, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) That was my dad for one. And I am clearly, like you just said, not a boxer. So why are you comparing me to my dad? It's like, they're two different fucking worlds here. It's like Tom Brady's son being a good swimmer and people being pissed off that he wasn't Tom Brady. It's like, well, they're not the same, you know? There's no comparing the two. <laughs> and that's, but now, that not, like, Rocky's son does suck. Granted, in terms of looks, I think he looks the part of being Sylvester Stallone's son. To he does. Uh, uh, and it's weird because he does look a little more like his son than actual Stallone's son did. <laughs> but... And of course, Milo Ventimiglia is a much better actor than Sage Stallone was. You know, it's you, at that point you got to go with a guy who can actually act, and uh, Sage uh, could not act. He was he was a bad kid actor. He was probably a bad adult actor. Oh my god, Rocky for the kid acting. Uh. It's bad. And oh, that's the other thing. What is the time difference between Philadelphia and Moscow? <laughs> that is, so it, the fight would have had to been happening at like nine a.m. In Moscow, because I think Moscow's eight hours ahead. Okay, right now, as we're recording, it's 9.45 at night on a Sunday. In Moscow right now, it is 4.45 a.m. on Monday. Mm -hmm. So that's what? Five, eight-hour difference? Is that what that is? Yeah, it's roughly an eight-hour difference. So unless the fight was happening at, like, the 8 a.m. to, like, 2 p.m. range. That's the only way my kid should still be in bed right now works. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's like, you should be in bed. It's like, well, no. <laughs> and there, there's literally no time this fight could be happening where that should be an accurate statement. Yeah, but- no, because re- realistically, that fight is going on. At, like, if you think think about real fighting and like with and like the the pre-fights before the, the main fight, that fight realistically is happening. Around 10 30, 11 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. Which means that it's 3 p.m. in Philadelphia. A perfectly fine time for a child to be watching his father on television. Yeah, and he's well <laughs> over the age of taking a nap. You know, so yeah. he's like, you should be even better for that. But yeah, it's that, yeah, that's just odd. But in Rocky Balboa, of course. There's also like other character moments, like other character things that are happening. Like Paulie finally like realizes and admits what a piece of shit he is. You know, he's like, he's like, I can't. He tells Rocky, he's like, I can't do this remembering Adrian shit anymore. This this Adrian death tour that we've gone on. He's like, I can't be part of it because I was such an asshole to her. He even says he's like, I was a piece of shit to her. You know, and he regrets it. It's like, oh, that's a humanizing moment for Paulie. Even, even though, though of. Literally everyone in Rocky's main entourage, Paulie's the one that makes it six movies. Fucking Paulie. Yeah. And <laughs> even after that scene where he realized he was a piece of shit to his sister, like the next scene we see him, he's making some racist comment to um like to like the black kid that's uh that's Stallone's like uh like friend's mm-hmm. son. Like I don't even I'm just gonna call her generic love interest, even though she's not a love interest, generic female friend mm-hmm. who he gives a job to. Her her black son, he and Stallone bond, and fucking of course Paulie's got an issue with that. 
He's like, oh, hide the silverware. So I was like, well, fuck you, Polly. You yeah. fucking asshole. You, you know? get one moment of growth and then you immediately go and burn that shit down. <laughs> you immediately undercut it by being the racist asshole piece of shit that you are. Just fucking die in a hole somewhere, you know? Now, but- Rocky Six, you do get arguably the best speech in the first six movies. It is the best. And that's when Rocky, Rocky Balboa actually becomes a great, a watchable movie. It's yeah. when Rocky gives a speech to his son about not living in someone's shadow and doing your own shit and not blaming other people for your fucking problems. And I was like, I was, and I'm like cheering. I'm like, yeah, Rocky, you fucking tell your piece of shit, son. <laughs> you know, it's like you fucking give him the business, man. <laughs> and then, of course, right after that, he starts training. We get Duke. Who even gives an even better speech to start to get him going and they're all fired up. It's like, yes, all right, let's fucking fight. Let's do this Rocky shit, you know? The, the last 30 minutes of Rocky Balboa is the second best Rocky movie. It is. It absolutely <laughs> is. And of course, Guana Fly now is coming back and it's it's all there. And that's that's the thing that Stallone knows how to do with these movies. He knows how to get you pumped up when Rocky's yeah. starting to get pumped up. Like, you're pumped up with Rocky. You're like, yeah, let's fucking, we're gonna fly now, Rocky. It's like, yes, let's fucking do it. Let's punch somebody in the head. Who cares who it is? You know? Let's just fucking do it. But, yeah, and then, of course, you know, the same pattern happens in the final fight of this. He he, he punches, punches, gets knocked down twice, stands back up, and then just doesn't get knocked down again until the end. And, of course, we since it's a bookend Rocky movie, we have to end like the first one did, and Rocky's just walking out. He's just like, fuck it, I don't even need to hear the decision. He ends up losing, but he doesn't even care. He's like, I'm fucking out of here. I did what I had to do, and I'm done, you know? I'm going to go back to Adrian's and sell some shitty Italian food. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's... So how Rocky should have gone, the movies that you can cut out to a degree. As much as boring as two is, I feel like I'm not sure you can entirely cut it out. No, because you need the redemption. He has to win. He has to beat Apollo. Mm-hmm. Like he has to do that. But like Rocky, Rocky Five, three, Rocky Five can go. You don't need Rocky Five. The only reason that you may need rock, like cut like have the son still pissed at him at the end of Rocky Five, and that makes Rocky Six make more sense. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. But you don't you don't need anything else that happens in that movie. Like you There's need a Rocky way to work Five. Any Rocky Balboa? If you're gonna or start it in Rocky Four, <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Realistically. How often do you go from having like, oh, this kid idolizes his dad, great dad, to, oh, he um, becomes a terrible father. And then I'm going to learn the error of my ways and become a great, like, how many dads have like a five-year period where they just suck as a dad? Right. I mean, I'm sure <laughs> Unless it's, it's the first five years of having a kid, like. <laughs> right. Where you're like learning the ropes, trying to figure shit out. Yeah, it's. You're trying to figure that shit. Usually it doesn't happen unless it's like a cliche. It usually doesn't happen when they're in their 20s. But like what? So from how old How old would you say his kid is in Rocky 4? Like 7 or 8? Yeah, he's 10 at best. At best. So how often? So let's say Rocky immediately becomes a bad father after Rocky 4. What is he in Rocky 5? Like 
maybe five years older. He's got to be 15-ish. 15? I'll give him 13 because he's a little bit younger. But then again, I'm basing it off of how big Kevin Connolly is. And Kevin Connolly could have been 25 in that scene for all I know. He hasn't, again, he hasn't grown an inch since. So from, let's say from the age of eight to 13, Rocky just all of a sudden becomes a terrible father for five years and then sees the error of his ways and becomes a great father. Like, I just feel like that doesn't happen. <laughs> no, and it doesn't happen in the movies because in the beginning of Rocky Five, he's a great dad. You know, it's it's when Tommy enters the picture that for some reason he ignores yeah. the son. And it's it's just and the thing is though, it you don't need Rocky Five to establish the fact that in Rocky Six his son is hating living in his shadow because this yeah. is a world where everyone in the world thinks Rocky is Muhammad Ali. Mm-hmm. No, and he's the greatest fighter ever and he's the king of philadelphia and all of this shit and people are still talking about him on espn even though he hasn't fought in 16 years you know mm-hmm. so it really is a product of the culture that he's living in yeah and the society but he doesn't need to he literally takes it as people are talking about my dad so i'm an asshole you know it's mm-hmm. like well that doesn't track you know yeah it's like you you are your own human being you suck at your job and you hate your boss so you're in a terrible uh, occupation and work position that's not your dad's fault you know <laughs> yeah your boss weirdly wants a weird picture with your dad and it's like okay that is odd but it's not like he goes hey you're a piece of shit you take the camera you take the picture instead you yeah. know it's like it doesn't happen. Your boss is just an asshole and your dad has nothing to do with it. He's just trying to come and visit you at uh, work, you know, like a good dad would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you could realistically actually cut out Rocky Balboa. You could. It, it is an unnecessary movie. It really is. That's, and, and you could like, because like you said, the natural step is him to be a trainer, which you get with Creed. And right. Creed is the second best, like, and we're talking about at like Rocky Four is an amazing movie, but the second best Rocky is Creed. Like you're yeah. Rocky and then Creed. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. And that's the thing. Even though obviously because now everything's gotta be a franchise and you gotta mm-hmm. spin off everything nowadays. If we're not doing that, the best way to end Rocky Balboa is for him to die in the ring. It's the best way to do it. And that's how you end the story. He died doing what he loved. He he goes out on top. You could, if anything, you could have him fucking win the fight somehow for all I care. Or, uh, have so, him go the distance and clap as they're revealing their scores. Exactly. Like, <laughs> have it just be the last hurrah of his body. You know, literally, he can't physically do it anymore. And he yeah. just dies in the ring. And But he doesn't die from getting his ass beat. He dies from the finally finishing what he uh, started 30 years before you know or 40 years before also my one gripe with rocky actually i've brought up several things with rocky four but another <laughs> rocky four so you know at, at the start of every rocky movie we get the previously on rocky we do show me the show me how the apollo creed and rocky fight like the ding ding let me like let that be the opening of rocky four if you're going to do a previously on do that and continue the fight to a degree <laughs> right exactly but now we get the recap of the biggest part that you should have you would have already remembered you know mm-hmm. but yeah it's overall the rocky the rocky and of well of course before i even get into that the best part of rocky balboa and it got me when i was watching it because of course it did at the very end, Rocky is putting roses on Adrian's grave, and he says, yo, Adrian, we did it. And I was like, 
all right this is the one time where it actually works you know yeah. it's like she's dead he's completed everything he's wanted to do finally mm -hmm. and she unfortunately couldn't see it so he's remembering her it's just it's a really touching mm -hmm. moment and stallone plays it really well and mm -hmm. but it, like likewise you you see that and the one time it does work somehow makes up for the 80,000 times he says it other than that in the rest of the franchise you're like just just stop fucking saying yo adrian yeah. you asshole you know <laughs> i'm sure she doesn't like it either you know but <laughs> this whole franchise obviously excluding creed just the rocky franchise started as a great movie and it started as a great underdog tale and became just a story of never knowing when to quit you know yeah. so <laughs> yeah it, rocky one awesome rocky two boring poorly executed but would be the necessary step for a sequel right rocky three you're going bizarre with it and if you embraced it it would have been a better movie but you tried to hit some serious points rocky or cold war the movie Entertaining as hell, but dream you're sequence. <laughs> but you're losing <laughs> everything that made you like Rocky and Rocky One. It should have been a dream sequence. It really should have. <laughs> it should have ended it with Rocky waking up after the Clover Lane fight. <laughs> Rocky Five is just utter garbage. Shouldn't exist. Trash. Trash. Rocky Six homage to the first one, kind of like a parallel start of career, end of career. I appreciate it. I think it's boring for a while, but ends pretty good. And then you get Creed, which is what I think the natural next step for Rocky should have been overstepping what Rocky Balboa was. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really, uh, and of course, Stallone, he's also got that other franchise. He won't let die, which is Rambo. Mm -hmm. And you can just tell it's, it's a man who simply doesn't know when to quit. And Rambo is now, if you've seen Last Blood, you've seen the most cartoonish propaganda you've ever seen in your life because he literally destroys all of the Mexican cartels, like drug cartels in that movie. It's like, wow, what dream wish fulfillment this is. But Stallone... And it'll, it comes out this Friday is King Shark in The Suicide Squad. And he was also in Guardians 2. You know, he he can be used. He, on some level, gets who he is. Yeah. He's you not. Can, you can. So you got to. You got to sprinkle Stallone into a movie that already has its shit together to a degree. Right. Right. And the thing is with Stallone himself, it's it's you, and of course the comparison always happens because it's it's a comparison that will never end. They're inextricably tied together for the rest of their lives. So Stallone versus Schwarzenegger. Mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger will never not be the Terminator. He'll never stop making Terminator movies until he dies, and or unless the studios just simply stop making fucking Terminator movies, which they absolutely should have done three Terminator movies ago. But... Still, I mean, Schwarzenegger will always be that. But the thing is, Arnold Schwarzenegger is so self-aware of who he is. He knows exactly his reputation, his image, and who that man and who he is. He's so confident, and he's Arnold fucking Schwarzenegger. Sylvester Stallone, I feel like at times, 
is that level of self-aware. But most of the time, he's looking at Rocky and Rambo as these two legendary figures that everyone can't get enough of. And he's just got to keep perpetuating until the end of time. He needs to stop. He needs to stop doing them. The (laughs) ultimate self-aware Stallone move would have been if you take Dread with Carl Urban and every time he walks by like another officer with their helmet off, you see Stallone. It's Stallone. <laughs> right. And he gives the guy a look like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> or like Demolition Man, you know? It's, there's so many things that Sylvester Stallone could talk about in interviews and all that. But what's he always talk about? It's always Rocky and it's always fucking Rambo. And you want to talk about a great character that's just gone too far? That's both of them. Because First Blood is a almost perfect movie. And it's a Vietnam War allegory. It's a tale of a Vietnam a guy coming back from Vietnam, not having a place in the world, and people shunning him just because he's different and he's an outsider. It's a brilliant movie. But then Rambo 2, it's like, wow, this is a little cartoonish. Rambo 3 is an absolute cartoon. Rambo 2008, even more so. Last Blood is just silly as shit, you know? But Rocky is almost like he's trying so hard to make these good movies. He just can't stop. You know, it's like, okay, and, you're done. Please stop with the fucking so, Rocky. And that was like the thing with Creed. Creed was like a great end for Rocky. He becomes the mentor to one of his best friend's sons. If they ended it after Creed, it would have been great. But then you but get Creed 2, which is the cold war cold war the movie too <laughs> it's rocky four and a half is what it is and yeah exactly it's like the cold war's long gone like yes russia is still an issue but not in the way it was in 1985 you know it's like we don't need to do sons of people fighting <laughs> each other <laughs> you get you go to creed 2 and instead of cold war the movie too it, it's Creed versus some kung fu master versus right. China. <laughs> exactly. It's like, what are we doing? This needs to stop. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, stop. <laughs> Shaolin so, Soccer visits America. <laughs> Shaolin Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, I gotta I gotta go fight the Shaolin soccer team. Yeah, <laughs> I, I gotta do it. I gotta. I got to fight Kim Jong-il. He's, he's got stuff that we got to take care of, and I got to punch him in the face, you know? But Adrian, I got to go fight Muammar Gaddafi. Like. <laughs> Rocky, Rocky just taking down old dictators. <laughs> I got to fight Hussein and Castro next. <laughs> Adrian, I got to go fight Winnie the Pooh. I got to fight him. I got I to gotta fight Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> She's not a dictator, Rock. I don't care. I gotta fight her. Hey, <laughs> she might have been to the Irish and the Scottish people. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they absolutely think she's a dictator, but mm-hmm. Rocky would have no he would now have no dog in that fight. But anyway, so yeah, speaking of just fucking end it now. That's yeah. probably enough on Rocky. <laughs> yeah. So Mike, where can people find us on the internet? <laughs> After this episode, I struggle to say for your streaming pleasure nope. on nope. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and a bunch of other places you can get podcasts from. Thanks to Anchor. 
Uh, you can find us on social media at Happy Hour Films Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Give us a like, give us a follow, shoot us a message, write comments. We love to hear from you. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, so that ends Sports July. And uh, normally this would have been an in between move, uh, week, but um, not technically in between weeks. Still talking boxing, sports, and all that. But next week, we're going to start a new, a new theme, and it's going to be. Kind of a take on our one actor, two performances uh, thing that we did last year, but this time it's that was be- our oh no, no, not one act, uh, bad, better, best was probably our most popular ever. <laughs> yeah, our first theme was one actor, two performances. Yeah. So we're going to kind of touch back on that, but we're going to do it uh, slightly different. So we're going to do one actor, two for uh, two performances, and it's going to be a live action performance and an animated performance that we're going to do. So we're going to start off with Michael Keaton, and we're going to do Beetlejuice, since we've already talked about Batman. We're going to talk about Beetlejuice this time, and we're going to talk about Porco Rosso. That's what it is, right? Yep, Studio Ghibli classic from 1992. We're going to talk about Porco Rosso. So yeah, we're going to we're going to get into that, and then a week after that, we're going to talk about another Batman. <laughs> and we're, we're, going to, we're going to hold on to who that is, but you might be able to figure it out if you know his uh, acting history yeah but uh till next week uh when we talk about michael keaton and beetlejuice and porco rosa i have been ross bacon i've been mike mcwigan and we will see you guys next time so long